The following program is paid for by Busey Bank. It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at Busey Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. Good morning and welcome to Money Talk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson, with my distinguished co-host, Aaron Sutton, uh, Senior Vice President, Portfolio Manager with Busey Wealth Management. Welcome, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Kurt. Great to be here. I think it's a Chamber of Commerce Day today. I mean, this is my favorite time of year. Oh, it's beautiful. I played uh, golf uh, yesterday evening, and it was absolutely perfect. It was beautiful. Yeah, well, we got a good one today. So, And we got a good show today, too. Yeah. So this will be exciting. But, you know, as we always do, we want to start talking about what's going on in the market. And I don't know about you, but I think a lot of stuff's been going on since our last show. Absolutely. Yeah, we picked a heck of a week to have the show. Uh, Tuesday was quite a day in the market. I'm sure a lot of our listeners saw what happened, but... Uh, oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> you didn't get any calls about that? <laughs> I know. I, I had a few clients reach out, uh, especially the next day, uh, Yeah, as the headlines started getting out there. Uh, but for those who maybe missed it, or just to recap, really what happened on Tuesday is we got another inflation rating, and it was worse than expected. So... I think the hope was that maybe with energy prices coming down, the housing market cooling off, and I even thought this myself, I thought we might get a little better inflation reading. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, it missed the estimates. Uh, so the year-over-year -year number came in around 8.3%, and the month-over-month -month number uh, was about 0.1%. Um, so now that's the one the administration likes to focus on because uh, it's a much smaller number that month-over-month. -month, but yeah, we're still running, like I said, right around 8% year-over-year inflation, which is a very high number. And so the reason you got such a big reaction from the market is, number one, it was a bad report, but also, too, I think, is the impact that's going to have on the Federal Reserve. So there was this hope that maybe they were going to start dialing back their rate increases. You know, the last few had been at 75. There was hope that maybe this time around it was just going to be a 50 well, now that we got this inflation rating, it pretty much cemented that they're going to do another 75 basis point increase. And there's even talk out there, now I don't think this is very likely, but there's talk out there of maybe even a 100 basis point increase uh, next week. Uh, but like I said, it's probably going to be 75. Uh, but originally, before that report came out, it was probably going to be 50. So, yeah, we saw a huge market reaction. Let me ask you this, because when I listen to CNBC and other sources like that, and I listen to the CEOs of major companies, mm -hmm. all of them are saying that they're seeing inflation coming down. They're yeah. seeing the pressures coming down. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're saying the supply chain getting better. They have all these positive things to say. And, you know, there's this theme that, that the Fed was late to the party and getting going on raising these mm -hmm. interest rates. And now the feeling is they're going to overshoot. Any thoughts along those lines? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, a fixed income manager we follow. We actually use some of his funds. Uh, his name's Jeffrey Gundlach, and he made this exact same point. So these rate increases, there's always a delayed impact. The, the effect isn't immediate. And so, yes, I think there is very much a concern that uh, they could overshoot, uh, maybe send us a little too far into recession, uh, and then have to reverse course quickly. And if you're a historian of the Fed, this is kind of typically what happens. As you said, typically they're late to the game. 
and then they increase a little too far, and then they got to ratchet them back down. It's just kind of the nature of this yeah. um, that it doesn't have an immediate impact. So they're always kind of guessing. Uh, you know, they're looking at data, but a lot of these, you know, is sometimes delayed, and the impact of these are certainly delayed. So, yeah, I think that's very much a possibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I'd like to, our listeners to know really is when they see things like that happen the other day, you know, to me it's like the work of schizophrenic, okay? <laughs> it, it's, it's like they were anticipating – it to drop by one tenth of one percent. Mm-hmm. It increased by just one tenth of one percent. Mm-hmm. Yet yep. we dropped twelve hundred points. Yeah. And I would think if I was a listener out there, or you watch CNBC or the news, or you read the paper, you would think everybody is selling, but yet we've had nobody sell. That's right. Nobody. Yeah. And so most investors, if you feel like you should be doing something, I can assure you that most investors are staying the course. They're letting it go through these gyrations, and they're going to be better off for that. Absolutely. And I've read some interesting data here recently, too, around just the intraday volatility and maybe why it's so high. So starting with COVID, you had a lot of new investors come into the market. And I I call them investors, but they're probably more traders. Speculators. Exactly. And what's really become popular are these leveraged ETFs that are available in the market. The reason being is because it exacerbates the move of the market. So uh, they could be two times, three times levered, meaning if the S&P 500 goes up 1%, you might earn 2 or 3%, right. or you could lose that much. And what's happening, I think, is these vehicles are becoming more popular. So on up days, it probably pushes the market a little higher than it would typically go. And on down days, it probably pushes the market down lower than what it would go. So when you get a 4 to 5% move, yeah, that's a, a huge move in the market. But I think it's being, like I said, kind of exacerbated by some of these trading products. Yeah, and I think that's really been negative for the market over the last few years because these are the people that have been buying meme stocks. They've been buying yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond. They've been buying GameStop. They've been doing things like that that, that really have no fundamental – sense to what they're doing, but <laughs> yeah. they're just trying to manipulate, probably through social media, stocks to go up, stocks to go down, yep. and uh, yet the average person says, oh my gosh, you know, and and you're not like that. Most people are not like that. Most people mm-hmm. are buy and hold. They put together a good diversified portfolio, let it run its course, and at the end of the day, they're going to be just fine. Yep. But, it, but it seems like this whole thing has made it a lot more difficult to bear. It has. And, you know, one of the questions I got from a client that reached out to us is, you know, they're obviously the financial crisis is still fresh in people's mind, uh, just how, how bad that was. And so when they hear the housing market slowing down, they see big Here moves in the again. market, uh, they're wondering, are we setting ourselves up for a repeat of what happened in, you know, 08, 09? Yeah. And I don't think that's the case. And I, I found some pretty good data to back this up. Uh, number one, there were a lot of reforms put in place after the financial crisis that really tightened up lending standards. Uh, we see this as a bank mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, you have to have the documentation. You got to get down payments. You're not seeing the uh, excessive lending like you did back then. So that's point number one. And then point number two is you're not seeing the leverage from the consumers either. So um, some of the data out there, you can track uh, the income uh, to debt ratio uh, for consumers in the U.S. And that ratio looks much better today than it did in 07, 08. So uh, meaning consumers are just in a much better place financially than they were back then. They're not as stretched uh, as they were. So I think this slowdown is actually going to be a healthy thing. You know, housing prices have probably mm-hmm. gotten a little ahead of themselves. Uh, but I don't think we're setting ourselves up for, like I said, an 08, 09 type housing scenario where we saw those huge moves in the housing market. Yeah. Yep. 
So what would your advice be right now for people? Yeah, I think it's always about evaluating the time frame of when you need this money that's invested. Uh, if this is still money that's for retirement, you don't need it for a long time, absolutely just stay the course, assuming you're in the right allocation to begin with. So I would hope that you're working with a financial advisor like ourselves or, or somebody else is qualified, and you should be in the appropriate allocation to start with. And if that's the case, really it's best just to ride out these type of periods. Now, if you do have some upcoming cash needs, well then, yeah, maybe you want to think about setting aside maybe your next six months or possibly even a year's worth of expenses. Just go ahead and set that aside, and then you don't have to worry about what the market does for the next six to 12 months. You have all your income needs met, and you can keep the remaining part of your portfolio still invested. But Aaron, haven't, haven't they been doing that? I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that nobody's selling, but really nobody's buying either. Yeah. And there's a huge amount of cash that's on the sidelines. That's right. And I, I know it's trillions, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> just sitting out there. And no matter, it seems no matter what we do at Busey, we still have money coming in, deposits flowing in, mm -hmm. uh, and people are kind of keeping their powder dry. They know? are. And I would think that down the road, when th I'm not going to say it's ever going to straighten out, but when th people feel better, the Fed says, okay, we've pretty much got inflation under control, blah, blah, blah. But I would think a lot of that might flow towards the markets. It could. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair point. And I think also, too, what you're starting to see with some of this cash on the sidelines is some of these fixed income yields are getting pretty attractive. So I think that's attracting some money uh, over to that side of the market. And I think that's also what's keeping somewhat of a lid on stock prices. Yeah. Because uh, you can always think about, you know, bonds and stocks are always competing for investor dollars. And now that you can get, you know, three, four, even 5% yields on short-term bonds, We've seen a lot of interest from that for clients to, like you said, maybe take some of this money that's been sitting in a checking or savings, basically earning zero. Well, now they can get some yield there. And so I think we've seen some money move there. But I think you're also right, too. Once we kind of get past a lot of these concerns, yeah, you're going to see money drift back into the market because, yeah, once it starts going up, what you always see is people start chasing returns. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I really welcome that, to be honest with you. It's been yeah. tough with stocks being the only game in town. Yeah. Uh, and that's added to your risk profile if mm -hmm. it's all you did. Uh, you know, I long for the days. I mean, you know, when I grew up, and I'm just going to show my age now, <laughs> that the lowest rate at the bank was a five and a quarter percent passbook savings account. People would kill for a five and a quarter percent passbook savings account today. Absolutely. But, you know, it's just kind of what you grew up with. And for years, I mean, decades, you know, interest rates were kind of in that four to six percent range, so, mm -hmm. you, know, it's, you know, money market five or whatever. And, you know, I think that would be healthy to get back to where, yeah, maybe inflation is a little bit more, but rates to make more of a, if there is such a thing as normal, yeah. a normal range where you can build a balanced portfolio that really works rather than have to go too much risky or earn nothing on your fixed income portion. Exactly. And I think you're starting to see that happen. Um, a lot of those short-term rates are driven by the federal funds rate. And that's the one the, the Federal Reserve is kind of ratcheting up right now. So there's talk they may even bring that up to four, maybe four and a half percent now with these higher inflation readings, mm -hmm. that Fed funds rate. So I think you're going to start seeing uh, more competitive returns on those short, short term uh, instruments, like you mentioned. I know even uh, our money market account within our wealth management accounts, that's already yielding about two percent. Uh, whereas, yeah, you know, a year ago, that was basically zero. So right. those short-term rates are starting to come up. But back to your point about there being excessive cash out there, that's why you're not seeing the bank rates really come up too fast. You know, the checking and savings because rates. Because 
they, they don't have, need it. Yeah, they, they have, have all the deposits they need, so they don't need to attract it with higher rates. Right. So those are going to be pretty sticky. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting period of time, as it always is. And it's never the same thing. It's always something different for yeah. different reasons. But, uh, you know, that's why you're rewarded for being an investor and being in the markets over the long period of time. Exactly. This is normal for the market to do this. Uh, never goes up in a straight line. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. Um, but I also and, it, and by the oh, way, it never goes down and stays down. That's right. It's always come <laughs> okay. back. It's always always, it's always come, come back. back. And I don't want to be all doom and gloom today. You know, talking about the inflation number and the Fed. We have been getting some positive news out there. You know, just this morning we got another good jobless claims readings. Uh, those fell for the fifth straight month. So again, the labor market's still very strong. Uh, we saw retail sales uh, actually increase in August. Those were expected to be flat to slightly down. So it looks like the consumer is still uh, willing to spend a little bit in this environment. Uh, so, again, I think those are a couple very good readings that came out. And then there's also this other uh, news item. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was potentially going to be a railroad strike. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, saw that. So and, ju- and just this morning, it looks like that may be averted. So it looks like they have a tentative agreement there. Uh, this could have been a real uh, disruption to the economy if that would have happened. Uh, huge supply chain uh, issues there potentially. But like I said, it looks like an, an agreement's going to be made, and we're probably going to avoid that strike uh, for the rail workers. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We we don't we need more good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Now I see we got a few minutes here left, so maybe I'll just kind of bring us up to date on where we're at with the returns. Great. Um, so, yeah, since our last show, it's been a pretty tough time in the market. Uh, we're down about 6 to 7% really across the board, whether you're looking at the U.S. market or the international market. Since the last since show. Since our last show, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, now, year to date, uh, if we look at the S&P 500, down about 16.3%. Again, at one point, that was down around 22 So we're still off the lows, but uh, we've definitely come down here recently. Um International markets are down about 20. And then, again, I think probably the worst out of all this has been the move in the bond market. So if you look at the Barclays Aggregate Index, that's down about 12% for a bond index. And so, yeah, as we've said many times, this has really been a double whammy. Those rates continue to move higher, continuing to put pressure on bond prices. If you've had a balanced portfolio, which theoretically you should have, you've been punished for it. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. there's kind of been no place to hide. In fact, I read the other day that for a typical 60-40 model, this is the worst year in history. Yeah. And like I said, it's because it's all areas of the portfolio getting hit. Yeah. Um, You know, really the only safe place, I say safe, but – the one that's produced a positive return has been energy stocks or anything energy-related. That's really been the only safety this year. Okay, but let me ask you this question, then we're going to go to a break, right. okay? So what is the average annual inter-year reduction in the stock market? At one point in time or other during the year, it's down this amount. Yeah, I think it's around maybe 11 to 12%. Right. Yeah, because on average, you have a correction every So year. it's like every year, you just forget about it. Mm-hmm. On average, the market yeah. goes down at some point in time, 12%. Yep. So we're down 16 this time. It's not like a train wreck. Exactly. Uh, but it feel, might feel like it, but it's, it, just, it does happen almost annually. It's very just, normal. Yeah, it's a very normal thing. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to Money Talk, and we're going to talk about, Aaron, private client. All right. With over 140 years of strength and service, Busey knows the importance of a lasting promise. Whether your dream is to retire, own your own home, or provide 401k options for your employees, 
Busey is here to make your money work for you. Visit Busey.com or stop by one of our many convenient locations for solutions to your banking and wealth management needs. Busey, your dream, our promise. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. And welcome back to Money Talk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson, with my co-host, Aaron Sutton. And uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite areas of Busey, but some people may not know about, is our private client group. And if you're a client of wealth management, typically you might have access to our private client group. And why we find this important, and I'm going to let our guest share that information. In fact, our guest today is Amy Lynn. She's an assistant vice president and private client associate is that, you know, a lot of times we talk about investing here, right, Aaron? And, uh, but the reality is wealth has so much more to do with other areas, not just investing. That the, the smart decisions you have to make in other areas of your life, just not your investment portfolio. And so that's why we have our private client group that can help you with other things that have nothing to do with investing. And Amy, welcome to the program today. And why don't you share with us uh, to our listeners a little bit about private clients? Sure, Kurt. Thank you. And I'm glad to be here today. Um, private clients, one of my favorite parts of the bank as well. <laughs> um, the great thing about our program is it gives our clients um, one person that can be their primary point of contact at the bank. And the way that we like to describe it, at least the way I describe it, is that we can take you from um, soup to nuts. So your very first debit card all the way through retirement and even beyond, uh, because on the private client team, what we really try to do or make sure that we do is to bring in all the other experts within Busey. So it's really anything that you need that's related to your financial picture. Private client is there to help connect you with the right people. Yeah, I like to say, Amy, that you coordinate the care of our wealth clients. Yes, yes. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely, absolutely. So it can be anything, again, from opening a checking account. Uh, if you're a business owner and you want to open a savings account for your minor children, we're there to help with that. If you'd like to do financial planning and you've got a very specific financial goal that you're trying to head toward, we can do that for you. We can connect you with people who can help with business succession planning, estate planning. So again, it's it's all under that Busey umbrella and we're there as your your conduit to coordinate that. And you that. just have one person to call. Yes. This is one, a really one number to I remember. truly believe and I think we I think we introduced this program maybe ten years ago. I yes. Something like roughly, that. Roughly yes. ten years ago. And it has absolutely been, I think, our secret sauce, and people love it. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, really, you don't, you know, I remember when I was a kid, when I go shopping with my mom, we went to the baker, we went to the meat shop, we went to the, <laughs> you know, we went five places when I'm running around. You know, I probably was pre kindergarten or something like that, but we went like 10 places a day. And now, you know, people really want simplicity. They want consolidation. They want really one, they want, a, they want one contact that knows them, knows who they are knows how important they are, and gets things done for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's exactly what we're here to do. And honestly, the majority of clients that we work with are what we call time-starved professionals, yeah. right? We work very much with business owners, doctors, professors, so people who who really can benefit from having that contact, who can help them do the small things that they find it difficult to yeah. get done. 
And I like to say, too, that you kind of fast pass, fast pass people to get things done. I mean, you yes. take it, run with it, because otherwise you might not, okay, this happened, who do I call? Exactly. And then you call an 800 number. And sure, I, I know that our, our Busey Associates take wonderful care of our clients, but sometimes you just like to put a face with a name and we know each other. Absolutely. Right? And our goal is to provide really exceptional customer service. Yeah for the clients that we work with. I can tell you that one of the one of these services that you provide our clients or you coordinate for our clients that my that my clients have absolutely loved and that's the line of credit. Yes. Well, explain a little bit about the line of credit. Sure, sure. And it's something that we're seeing um, a lot more of with the current situation with rates, things like that. Um, what our customers can do if they have a wealth relationship with Busey is we can set up a line of credit that uses that um, that investment account as collateral. And so it gives them a lot of flexibility where they have, it, it's essentially like having cash on hand. They can use that line for anything that they need while still getting the benefits of having um, investments that they're earning some returns on. And those lines are so flexible. You can use them for car purchases. If you have you know, a child that's going into college, you have all of those expenses. It can be used for that. It can really be used for anything that you need. So super flexible product and actually really easy to get set up as well. Yeah. And so... Um Really, they can kind of write themselves alone, right? Yes, essentially. And, yeah. Yes. And so let's just say, I'm just going to do theoretically. Let's say you've mm-hmm. got a $500,000 investment portfolio. You might have a quarter of a million dollar line of credit. Yes. That you could borrow any time to use. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, then you don't, a lot of times people are forced to maybe sell investments to meet some cash needs they've got, even though they might be temporary. Right for whatever reason. This way you don't have to sell anything. Absolutely. And not only the cost of maybe selling it, but also the taxable event that might be created from Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So, I mean, when I bring this up, people say, well, why wouldn't I want that? Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed, okay, yes. Okay, we're all going to agree on that. <laughs> the, the big one I've seen it used for is for housing purchases. That you too. know, where you yes. gotta You got to float that period from when you buy your new house to when you sell your old house. That's a perfect scenario. And that's really the one I've seen it used the most for, probably. Yes. Well, just to... Just to get on on that as well is what people found and and maybe that's going to slow down but cash is king mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they don't want to hear when you're bidding for a house or a priest property whatever that oh well i have to go to the bank and get a loan that's right because they're right. like and but yet somebody's standing right next to it say well i'll pay cash and this way you can say i'll pay cash right mm-hmm. yes. and and that has been so helpful to my clients especially in this market yes yeah, yeah. Great product. So what are some of the other things that, that you find that your clients really appreciate that you do? I think, um, again, having that one contact, having someone that they can reach at any time of day. Um, so we really do like to emphasize that it's a 24-7 program. So if you're traveling, you're overseas, you know, you're having issues, debit cards not working, something along those lines, they can reach out to us at any time and we're there to give them that assistance. So it that's a great thing. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that one because that's one of the number one ways our yes. clients have used that. And they didn't anticipate, but you actually have to set the cards up to be used overseas, don't you? We do. And a lot of people don't really know that. So they just, they go to, they go to <laughs> London or something like that. They go to that ATM machine right. and it doesn't work. Right. And it's like, you know, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning in London, but it's midnight here. Yes. And they don't know who to call or what to do. And literally, like you said, you are 24-7. Yes. Again, huge benefit, huge benefit to the customers that we work with. Yeah. So. So how do you become a private client member? 
Well, that's a great question. <laughs> um, there, there are some requirements in terms of what we look for. However, if a customer has a a financial need or something that they're they're having questions on, for example, they're getting ready to retire or they're getting an inheritance, perhaps. These are things that um, private client would be glad to talk to um, our customers about. Okay. Um, they could reach out to, if they have a wealth advisor at Busey, could reach out directly to a wealth advisor, but they're welcome to contact any of our branch locations, um, explain the situation, and private client can come in and help answer those questions. And whether we end up partnering with that customer or not, we just want to have those conversations and try to uncover how our team or Busey in general can help them. Yeah, you know the other thing that I've liked about this: how many wealth, how many par- private client advisors do we have in Champaign-Urbana? In Champaign, we have five. Okay, we have five people, mm-hmm. and you know the thing I love about this is that you're not tied to your desk. Correct. You're not. You know, you don't have hours. It's like you can move, you can meet with clients, you can go out to their house if you need to. Yes. Is that right? Yes, we pa- do get that. Get paperwork signed. Frequently. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's so flexible, but so geared to the needs of the client. Yes. Not what we want to do. Exactly. <laughs> but what the what the client needs. Exactly. And I think that's that to be so convenient to people. Like I can't get into the bank, or you know, I'll come. Okay, we'll come to your office. Right. Well, and the interesting thing, Kurt, and I, I love throwing out. I love throwing out this information. We work with customers located in 49 of the 50 states and in 31 different countries around the world. Wow. So, yeah. again, we really are geared to so be there to help with what they can't do, right? Scope, right? We, we literally just added a new customer. It used to be 30 countries for the longest time, but we, we onboarded a customer in Zambia who um, has a safari business. He takes people out on safari. So, well, i got to meet this customer. Right? We're now in 31 <laughs> countries. <laughs> nice. You know, yeah. I, when I tell people that, uh, they, it just blows their mind that we work with 49, 49 states yes. in 31 countries. It's just uh, just amazing. Yes. And is yeah. the one state we don't – is it Alaska? It's it Alaska. is. Yeah. Yes. We gotta, so if anybody's listening in Alaska, Yeah, please, call us please up. open an account <laughs> with Busey so we can – there might be something in it for you. Right. Right. We would yeah. we would love to say it's all fifty. Yeah, we'll states. get you some really some Busey bling or something like that yeah. to do that. But we just want to be able to say fifty states. But that Alaska has eluded us for some strange reason. <laughs> you know, Hawaii we got that nailed, we but do. Uh, but it's just that darn Alaska. So, so yes. So how how if you were interested, how would you get in touch with somebody? You mentioned just maybe call a branch, or mm-hmm. is there any particular else way you ought to get in touch with somebody? Um. That's probably the best way, in all honesty. Um, however, if they were very, very interested in reaching out to private client, they can call our 800 number, um, which is 800, what is it? They won't remember, but go ahead. 8739, right? <laughs> and the customer care team can can look and get them in touch with someone of the five people on our team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, your team is just fabulous, and I get nothing but compliments about the job that you do. And, and it really kind of completes that circle with clients. Yes. You know, because already at Wealth, we have so many things from, you know, tax ex- expertise, mm-hmm. estate planning expertise, estate settlement, you know, financial planning, investments. I mean, you, the, everything, it's its really just kind of completes that. And and that truly is kind of a secret sauce or, you know, our, our secret weapon or whatever that other people just can't provide. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's, it's what drives the private client team. But I think 
drives Busey as a whole. And the way that we like to describe it is we want to wrap our arms around you mm-hmm. when you're one of our private client customers and really bring you in and surround you with a team that can help you. Wow. That's great. Amy Lynn, thank you so much for being on the program today and sharing about private client because uh, it's truly amazing what you all do. Thanks, Kurt. So thank you so much. Okay, Aaron, any last words we want to share with our clients today that maybe we didn't we missed in the first 15 minutes of the show? You know, I'm still, uh, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, when the market's going to recover or when this thing's going to turn around. And I'm still optimistic that hopefully by November, December, which are typically pretty good months in the market, uh, if we can start to see these inflation readings come down just a little bit, which I think they will because the year-over-year comparison will get tougher, and we're, like I said, we're seeing energy and housing cool off, I'm still hoping that maybe by then we can start to recover some of these losses. So I think for those listeners out there that are pretty nervous right now, just hold tight. Again, that's not a guarantee, but this is just what I'm seeing uh, and my best guess of maybe when we might start to see a turnaround it's hopefully, like I said, maybe the, the last month or maybe the last two months of the year might start to look a little better. So yeah. just hang tight. You know, I absolutely agree. And, and when you listen to whether it's, again, the news or a CNBC or you read things in the paper, you know, uh, if, it, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Everybody kind of oh, yeah. concentrates on that negative and people write the right negative stuff because that's, that people read them, right? Absolutely. You know, and, but I'll be, being optimistic has certainly served me well throughout my career. Plus, you just have to be in our business. But yeah. I'm with you. I, if I was a betting person, I think we're going to cut into these losses easily by the end of the year. And I think it, by the end of the year, we might be not be positive, but I think we're going to feel a lot better than maybe we do today. Yep. So uh, let's hopefully have that happen. Okay. I'm going to put you in charge of that. <laughs> Hold Aaron me Sutton. to it. It's okay. on record now. I said it on air. All right. Well, again, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for listening today to all, all of our listeners out there in the audience. Amy Lynn, thank you very much. Aaron Sutton, it's always great to have you on the program. And you're listening to News Talk 1400 WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. Thank you for listening to Money Talk. Tune in the third Thursday of every month at 10.30 a.m. for more Money Talk. Brought to you by Busey Wealth Management. Right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS.